tonight, and uh, we'll read just a few verses, Isaiah chapter number 9 this morning, and uh, I'll uh, uh, do my best to, to get this to you as quickly as possible, a lot of ground to cover if we covered it all, and don't have any intentions in covering it all this morning, uh, but uh, Isaiah 9, let's stand, and uh, verse number uh, verse number. Uh, let's let's read verse number one. It'll it'll lead us up to uh, verse number six, where we're headed. Isaiah nine and verse number one. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. Verse 2 uh, is descriptive of Israel, but it is descriptive of the world that we live in. Verse 2, the people that walked in darkness. Doesn't that, uh, doesn't that uh, describe the world that's around us? The people that walked in darkness. But then the next verse, what hope in the middle of the darkness, have seen a great light. And I promise you this morning, light has come into the world through the Lord Jesus Christ. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy, the joy before thee according to the joy and harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and the garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Verse number 6, for unto us. See, I know we're in the Old Testament reading. Uh, I know it's 700 years before Jesus We'll come as a baby in the manger in Bethlehem. Uh, but see if this sounds anything like Luke chapter number 2. See if this sounds anything like uh, the birth and the coming of the Lord Jesus. Right here, 700 years prior to His coming. Verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, I don't know this morning if, if you know who he's talking about, but maybe when I read his name, maybe you'll have understanding of who Isaiah is telling us is coming. His name shall be called Wonderful. I got a feeling I know who he's talking about this morning. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Well, I'm pretty sure I know who Isaiah's got in his mind. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Lord, we ask you to help us this morning as we preach your word. God, give us wisdom, give us discernment, give us unction of the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you for meeting with us. I pray, Lord, you'd touch those in the nursery this morning. 
I pray, God, for those children and the workers, Lord, meet with them. I pray, God, for those in children's church this morning, Lord, uh, both the children and the workers, I pray you'd meet with them. I pray, God, the voice of the Lord would be heard. I pray, God, right here in the sanctuary this morning, you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We bless your name. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, The book of Isaiah is uh, really uh, a a book that is prophetic in nature, describing the judgment uh, that is coming upon the nation of Israel in days to come. They're they're living in it in Isaiah's time, but there's more coming. Uh, Assyria will come into Israel, take them captive. Nations will control them. They will cease to exist for uh, seemingly a while under the bondage of other nations. And uh, Isaiah is a prophetic book explaining to the Jew the, uh, the level of judgment and darkness that will fill the land. And yet in the middle of it uh, is uh, a glimmer of hope. There is a shining light found in Isaiah You can find it in Isaiah 6. We find a vision of the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 6 right in the middle of all the judgment and all of the heartache that they're going to face. The Lord shows up in Isaiah 6. Isaiah chapter 7, you'll find a vision of the Lord Jesus showing up in the middle of the darkness and the gloom and the judgment. Isaiah uh, chapter number 9 that we've just read describes none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Isaiah 40, you see his appearance. Isaiah 53, that great description of him as a lamb or a sheep before his shearers is slain. Isaiah 53, all throughout Isaiah's vision, his prophecy of judgment, of doom, of gloom, of darkness, and yet he never, the Holy Spirit never leaves that nation uh, without a glimmer of hope because he lets them know that in the middle of that darkness, out of that darkness, there'll come one, there'll come a light, there'll come a son, there'll come a deliverer that will give them a way out. I want you to know you were born into darkness, you were born into sin, you were born into a world filled with doom and gloom, but is anybody glad this morning that in the middle of all of that there is a Savior? There is one who can rescue you from the power and the the destruction of sin. Uh, Isaiah's prophecy is that of doom and gloom, but is also that of hope. It is that of joy. Uh, The Holy Spirit shows Isaiah hope and light uh, and lets him know that it will not always be this way. There's a Savior coming. And I want to tell you this morning that he has come. And he's come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came into a manger in Bethlehem. And he lived for 33 years on this earth, spotless and holy. And he died on the cross of Calvary. And he'll save you this morning. He's the only hope you have. And thank God he's coming back to get those that he saved. Right in the middle of all of this doom and gloom is this hope. Isaiah presents the coming Savior 
uh, with really many different descriptions, but I want to I give you three main descriptions that we see about him this morning in Isaiah chapter number 6 uh, and, and, and how Isaiah presents, how the Spirit of God moves Isaiah to present the Lord Jesus in his coming. Uh, number one, I, I'd say to you this morning that Isaiah presents him uh, as personal. Isaiah presents him as personal. That, that is hearing Isaiah's message, those that are reading Isaiah's message, which would entail and include you and I in here this morning, Isaiah presents him as personal. And I want to do that for just a moment as well. Notice verse number 6. He said, I know it's bad, I know it's dark, I know... There's depravity and destruction all around, but I want you to know that unto us a son is, or a child is born, unto us a son is giving. And notice uh, that personal uh, word that is used as a two-letter word. He said there's a son that is given to us. To us. That would include not just Isaiah, but to that one that's hearing the message, that one that's reading the message. God, through the pen of Isaiah, said, I want him to know, I want you to know that he's given to you. There's been some that would argue and say, Well, that is a message that is given to the nation of Israel. And no doubt it is. And everyone in Israel had that hope and still does. Then one of these days they're going to realize that they crucified their Savior and that He came to them. But I want you to know that that message goes beyond a Jew. It goes beyond Israel. It is to me and it is to you. And you can rejoice this morning that the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ was given to us. Aren't you glad for the day that a preacher preached the word of God? Somebody put a track in your hand. Somebody knocked on your door. Somebody came to your town and said, I want you to know there's some good news for us. There was a son born, a child given, and he was given to us. And if you'll trust him, you can have him, you can know him. He will be your savior. Isaiah presents him as personal. Uh, Isaiah no doubt has Israel in mind, but the Holy Spirit has much more in mind than that. I, I thought about Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 6. And I'll move through these first couple ones real quickly because I want to get to the last one uh, and let you go. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6, uh, 7 and 8. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You say, preacher, how do you know that Isaiah, that the Holy Ghost had all of us in mind and not just Israel? Because this is a, a book to the Jews. How do you know that he had us in mind? Because he said, when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I found a place to get in because I know I'm the ungodly this morning. Before the Lord saved me, you say, preacher, are you really that bad off? I am and I was apart from the grace of God. I was a part of the ungodly, but Christ came for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Verse 7, yet peradventure, Romans 5, for a good man some would even dare to die. Watch this. Here's where we find ourselves in the text. Verse number 8, Romans 5, 
But God commendeth his love toward us. There's that us. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isaiah said there's a son coming for us. There's a child given for us. Who's that us? Every ungodly sinner who ever came. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The great hope of Isaiah's message is that somebody might say, well, I know religion is for good people. I know religion is for righteous people. I know salvation is for those who live a clean life. But Paul said, and the Holy Ghost said, no, it is those that are ungodly that need it. It is those that are wretched and vile that need it, which is all of us. And thank God for the day that I realized I was a sinner and that Jesus died for our sinners. For us. <laughs> he died for us. Romans chapter number 8. I'll, I'll, I'll flip over there and just read you a, a, a few verses this morning where, where we find us uh, in Romans chapter number 8. And I'll move on. Uh, Romans, let's see. Uh, Romans chapter number 8 and uh, verse number, oh, I should have wrote it down. Verse number 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Sounds to me like we're in pretty good crown this morning. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. I got news for you. The Holy Ghost had you in mind in Isaiah chapter number 9. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able, watch this, to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isaiah said, I want y'all to know that he's given. I want y'all to know that he's coming. I want y'all to know that he's on the way. I want you to know that in the darkness there's a light. In the hopelessness, there's a hope. In the nothingness, there's a somebody. And he's not come just for the elite. He's not come just for one race or one nation or one people. He's not come just for the good, but he's come for us. And if you trust him, he'll put you in his us. He'll put you in his family. The message of the coming Savior, Isaiah presents him as personal. Aren't you glad salvation and hope and light is for us this morning? 
But not only does Isaiah present him as personal, but he presents him as a present. Notice the text, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is earned. Y'all reading along with me? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is bought. No, I'll tell you what the Bible said, For unto us a son is given. Isaiah said, I I want you to know, and the Holy Ghost said through Isaiah, I want you to know that he is not earned. He is not bought. He is not purchased. He is not not pleased with all your works of your self-righteousness. But he is a son. He is a child that is given. And Isaiah presents him as a present, a, a gift. Uh, we'll go back to Romans this morning and Romans chapter number uh, 5. Uh, I should have marked it. Romans chapter number 5 and uh, verse number 15. Y'all bear with me while I, while I find it. Romans 5 and uh, verse number uh, 15. Uh, let's see. Romans 5 and 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Verse 16. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Verse number 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Then Romans 6 and verse number 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't it amazing this morning, Isaiah says of the coming Savior, he presents him as personal, and then he presents him as a present. He says, I want you to know that what he'll do is a gift. I want you to know that what he'll bring is a gift. I want you to know that who he is is a gift. All over this world this morning, there's folks trying to get in. They're trying to give their way in. They're trying to work their way in, trying to earn their way in, trying to hope their way in, trying to pray their way in, trying to do good deeds to get their way in. And the Lord Jesus said many years, 700 years before this, before Christ came, said, I want you to know he's given. He's a gift given from God. And if you'll just accept the free gift, isn't that what makes salvation so wonderful? Is that I could never earn it. I could have never bought it. I didn't have enough money or good works or good deeds. And he knew that and he gave me salvation through Christ. It is a gift. Sitting in here this morning, probably folks, and I, I, I want to I go to heaven and 
I want to know Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a part of the church. What do I need to do, preacher? Is there an amount that I can give? Is there an amount that I can work? If I, if I give up enough of my life and, and time and treasure, would God be pleased? And I want to tell you, you're trying to buy what's already been bought. You're trying to pay for what's already been purchased. You're trying to get what's already been given. What do I need to do? Trust Him and His salvation. It is a gift. He presents him as a present. But here's what I really want to get to and close this morning. He presents him as personal. Isaiah 6, or Isaiah 9, verse 6. He presents him as a present. But then Isaiah presents him as one to be praised. He said, uh, here's how you'll know it's him when he gets here. By his name. I, I, I realize this morning that in Old Testament economy, in the Old Testament customs, that uh, a name gave insight into one's character. And uh, the children were often named because of the character that they had, and then they were often named because of the character that their parents uh, aspired for them to have, and then they were often named because of the situation that brought them into life, and it had something to do with who they were, and their description was given in their name. We, we find that in Jacob. His name means supplanter, or a con, or a thief, and did not Jacob live up to his name? And all throughout the Bible, people lived up to to their name. And, and, and so the Lord used Isaiah to say to this generation that said, I know you're living in darkness, but I want you to know when he gets here, you'll know him by his name. Well, what is his name? And Isaiah said, well, you can't put it into one word. You can't describe him by one name. You can't describe him by one characteristic. Well, do the best that you can, Isaiah. He said, all right, how about this? Wonderful. I think that's a pretty good description, though it lacks. It is mere words, and, and it, it does a good job, but yet even in that, it lacks the ability to describe Him. But, but Isaiah said when He gets here, He'll be personal. When He gets here, He'll be a gift. When He gets here, you'll just, you'll just want to praise Him if you ever meet Him, because His name shall be called Wonderful. That word wonderful means a miracle. It means marvelous. It means full of wonderful or full of wonder. And Isaiah said, I'm looking for a word to describe him. And uh, I'm coming up with some words and the Holy Ghost is giving him the... He said, you, you call him wonderful. Anybody in here this morning ever met him? And you don't know how to describe him, but wonderful is a good way to get started. Preacher, I'd like to tell folks about Jesus, but I don't know what to tell them. I tell you what, tell them, I don't know what y'all know about him, but what I know about him, he is wonderful. I read a story this week. A preacher was on a train back in the days when train travel was the way that folks got around the most. And he was on a train, and he was sitting next to a man who was sitting next to a window, and the man was looking out the window. And the whole time, tears just coming down that man's eyes. And he's watching, they're passing pastures and farms and fields and trees and, and lakes and brooks and streams. And the whole time, the man just keeps going, wonderful. Tears flowing down his eyes, wonderful, wonderful. 
And uh, finally that preacher, you know, because they're inquisitive like that, he said, I got to know what this man thinks is so wonderful. And uh, I mean, it's beautiful, you know, but I've seen that before. What in the world is he so worked up about? And, he, and the preacher leaned over and said, Sir, I've been watching you for the last 30 minutes, and every time we pass a different scenery, you, you keep crying and saying, Wonderful. He said, What is it that's so wonderful out there? And uh, the man said, What you don't know is he said, I'm an old man now, but when I was a boy, uh, I lost my sight. And he said, for years and years and years and years and years, I've lived blind. And he said, but I've recently had surgery that restored my sight. And he said, I'm seeing for the first time in, in, in decades what I had not seen for all these years. And, and he said, and, and, and my memory of what it looked like is never did me justice, and I'm getting to re-see it again. And he said, the only thing I can say about everything I'm seeing is it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And oh, I'm going to tell you, you've been living in church. You've been, you've been singing, oh, how I love Jesus. And, and, and you've been around it so long you can't hardly see. But I want to remind you this morning that he's more. He's more than what we make him out to be. He's more than what we can sing about. He's more than words can describe. He is wonderful. And men, you need to take a trip down memory lane and remind ourselves of where it was that he found us. And what it is that he's done. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful Savior. He's a wonderful friend. He's a wonderful companion. He's a wonderful Lord. He's a wonderful shepherd. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. David was trying to say he's wonderful. He's wonderful this morning. Isn't he wonderful to you? And then, then he goes on and said, But that's not enough to describe him. He said, he's wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. And, 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 and then he puts a comma and says, Counselor. I read behind several folks who said that that was a, a conjunction there. The two words went together that, that the noun was counselor and the adjective was wonderful. And, and, and wonderful was to describe him as counselor. But my King James Bible puts a comma right there. lets me know those are two separate descriptions. He's just wonderful. And then he's counselor. And I would say he is a wonderful counselor. But he's counselor. I, I, I did a study on that word counselor. And it gives, uh, it, it gives three word pictures. Three, three word pictures that describes the word counselor. Number one is uh, an advisor. And we, we know that. We see that uh, in, in public schools. They say, well, I want to go see my guidance counselor. What that is, is I want to go see somebody who can help me figure out how I'm going to graduate. Guidance counselor. And that's what most of them did. Not all, but most of them did. Anytime I had to go to the guidance counselor, it was because I needed guidance on getting graduated. And at our Christian school we have, I'm the guidance counselor, and, and, and our teachers are guidance counselors. We're all trying to figure out how to get them graduated. That's the greatest goal in life, is get them graduated. Ah. Uh, Amen, boys. Uh, advisor. Uh, you, people pay good money. Want marriage counseling. 
and uh, we want this kind of counseling. We want this kind of counseling. I don't think that that's bad. I think that that's good. Of course, you might want to might want to check up on who your counselors are and what counsel they're giving. But the but the but the word counselor that Isaiah used, the Holy Ghost used to describe the Lord, is he said he's an advisor. A counselor is an advisor. He'll tell you, and I promise you this morning, you can trust his counsel. If God ever tells you what to do, you say, well, I don't know how that'll work out. You don't have to know how it'll work out. Just trust that He does. Well, I don't know how we'll afford that. You don't have to know. You're trying to counsel your own self, and you've got a counselor. And you didn't have to pay for His counsel. He's given it to you through His Scripture and His Spirit. Just trust His counsel. Counselor. It's an advisor. And then the word counselor, another word picture for the word counselor is not only an advisor, but an advocate. You hear it in the courtroom, the counsel made an argument. They say of, uh, of an advocate uh, defending a, a case, that he is a counselman, he is a counselor. And they'll say, your honor, the counsel has suspended its argument. You've, you've heard that, you've watched enough, you know, Judge Judy I come in the other day and Judge Judy was on. And I thought, it's that part of the day when there's nothing on TV. And I went to turn it and my wife said, hold on, I was watching that. Uh, counsel. It's an advocate who is pleading your case. I know I've been preaching a little while this morning, but don't lose me just yet. I got news for you. He's not just an advisor who's got really good advice. Really good, really good wisdom. But he's a counselor. He's in your corner pleading your case. Aren't you glad this morning that he's the counselor? And he'll go before you and he'll go before the Father and he'll plead your case. He'll go before the accusations. As, uh, Satan will come along and say he's a sinner. But you've got a counselor that says, well, he was, but now he's mine. He was a sinner, but now he's saved. He was, but now he belongs to me. Advocate. Here's another word picture for counselor. You ever gone to camp? Anybody? No? Going to camp? What do they have at camp? Counselors. I just read this the English word for counsel, counselor, and advisor, an advocate, and an authoritative figure at a camp. Counselor. Uh, kids, y'all line up and follow your counselor. You know who that counselor is? It's the one who was put in charge of you to keep you safe and to keep you out of trouble and to take care of you for that week while you're at camp. And, and that counselor's in charge of your well-being. That counselor's in charge of taking care of you. And, 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 and the Lord shows up in the middle of Isaiah and says, let me introduce you to him. It's going to be hard to find words to describe him, but one of them's wonderful. And, and boy, he is one. Here's another counselor. He's an advisor. He's an advocate. And he's an authority in your life that'll take care of you. Is anybody glad for the counsel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, you've been following the world's counsel. You read blogs on how to parent and blogs on how to make money and, and you read up on everything that every, every moron who came before you has got to say. And uh, you follow your own counsel. Oh, that's what gets us in most trouble. Well, I feel. <laughs> well, I think. 
You've been doing that your whole life. And tell me how many times that's got you into trouble. And the Lord said, but I want you to know there's one. And you can trust his counsel. He won't lead you astray. What he tells you to do, you can do. If he calls you to go to Taiwan or Thailand, he can send you there and take care of you. Albania, Argentina, Venezuela, or downtown Augusta. He's got what you need. Somebody help me right there. He can provide the bill. He can take care. You can trust him. He's never led one astray. He is wonderful. He is counselor. And you can trust him. You can trust him with your life. There's only three more. I'll preach them quickly. He said his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The Mighty God. There's a lot could be said there. We won't take time to say it, but I'll just say this. There ain't nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do, and look what he has done. You ever ever faced something impossible this morning? Your life, I just don't know how that's going to work out. And then God showed up and did it. He said, well, he's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He saved me. That's a miracle. He gave me my wife. He gave me my boys. He gave a sister. Is that not just a miracle that right here in the middle of Hepzibah and Burke County, Waynesboro, God's give us a place to meet with him and look what he's done. And he saved your loved ones. He saved your family. He saved your friends. He saved people that you didn't think he'd save. People that we've been for for years. And now they're here this morning because God saved them. And, he, and he's worked and he's blessed and he's provided and he's met the needs. And sitting over there in the woods on the ground that the Lord gave us is a building that the Lord gave us. And look what mighty things that he's done. I say to you, Isaiah, would you describe him to me? Well, he's wonderful. I'll amen that. Well, he's the counselor. I'll amen that. He's the mighty God. I'll amen that too. He's mighty God. And there ain't nothing he can't do. Then Isaiah said, but I'll go further. You'll know him when he gets here. Because you'll know him. He'll be wonderful. He'll be counselor. He'll be mighty God. And he'll be the everlasting father. Both of those words, everlasting, I'll say it to you like this. He'll always be there. My daddy is 62. Our daddy said 62. And I hope he's got a long time to go. But his father, my grandpa, passed away a couple years ago. And uh, yesterday would have been his 81st birthday and he didn't make it. Uh, my grandpa. Parents, all of them are gone. One of these days it'll be my daddy and mama and her daddy and mama. And then one day after that it'll be me and her. And uh, I love my boys, but you won't always have me. It'll be a long time, I hope. Just no more than I'll always have my father. But the Holy Ghost said, but I want to tell you about this one. You could live 7,000 lives, and you couldn't outlive him. <laughs> He's the everlasting father. He was here before you got here, and he'll be here when you're gone. And when you get where you're going, if heaven is where you're going, 
because you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, he'll be there too. And he'll be in the millennial reign and he'll be beyond that in all of eternity. There he is. He is everlasting. And I'm glad, thank God, what a description it is of my Savior. Some folks have gone to funerals and they've said goodbye to Father. Some folks never knew Father because he was a bum and he left them and walked out of their life. And when they think about a father, they think, well, most of them, what they know about one is one who departs, one who leaves. But the Lord said, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to introduce you to one. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You can trust him this morning. Everlasting father. And then the word father, one that provides, one that protects. I've told you, I've told you about growing up. We lived next to a graveyard. And uh, I mean, our property butted up to the graveyard. And we was poor. Our driveway was bad. You couldn't get down it. My daddy uh, drove a, a truck for Georgia Mountain Water. He hauled water. And my mama drove a school bus. And at 4 o'clock every morning, they'd want somebody to go out there and, and, and crank them diesel engines to get them running because Mama started her bus route at 4.30 and Daddy left not long after. And uh, so it was my job. I was the oldest boy and uh, you got a pretty good son. I just want you to know that. And so it was a, it was a good ways. It was, probably, it was probably from our house to the metal building down there or further where they were parked and they were parked right next to the graveyard because they couldn't get down the driveway. And so my job was to go out there and, and crank them trucks and that bus. And I'd get on that bus, and I don't know if you've ever got on a bus in the dark at 4 o'clock in the morning, but there's 17 people back there in your imagination that's been sleeping in that bus waiting to, waiting to get you when you're 12. And I'd get on that bus, and I'd, I'd, you're supposed to let the glow plug plugs warm up. I probably ruined the motor. Them glow plugs never warmed up on that bus. I just turned it on as quick as I could and got out of town. And I'd get in Daddy's truck, and I'd jump up in there and turn it on as well, crank it up, and I'd run, I mean, like a scalded dog back to the house. I mean, I was high-stepping running. But I could walk out there by myself, scared to death next to that graveyard. But then Daddy or Mama, when it was time to leave, we'd go out there, and my Mama drove, I shouldn't tell you all this, my Mama drove a short bus, a handicap bus. And I rode the handicap bus to school most of my life. Ah. <laughs> uh, Mom would walk out there with us. Daddy would walk out there with us. I'd walk straight and slow. I mean, what's they be scared of? Daddy's with us. Mama's with us. You'd put me out there by myself. I'm nearly done preaching. And I was running as fast as I could, looking over my shoulder, scared to death somebody was chasing me. But I'd get on that bus when Mama got on it. I'd get in that truck when Daddy got in it. And I'd walk out there in the dark next to that graveyard like I didn't have a care in this world. You know why? Because my father 
was there. My father was with me. And I know I preached a long time this morning, but I want you to know he's an everlasting father. And there'll never be a morning you get up, he won't be there. There'll never be a night you go to bed, he won't be there. There'll never be a day that he's not there. If you don't know him, I hope you will today. And then he said he's the prince of peace. The prince of peace. He gives light and insight to the millennial kingdom that's coming and he's going to rule this world and he's going to rule it and it's going to be peace on earth one day. And the Democrats are not the hope and the Republicans are not the hope. World leaders are not the hope but there's one world leader and it'll be Christ and he is. But I want you to know this morning you can have peace today. He's the prince of it. I remember you come on the piano I remember getting under conviction, needing to be saved. And I'd go to bed at night and, man, couldn't sleep. You, you, remember, you remember when you got under conviction? I was scared to death before that sun come up, I was going to be in hell. I was convinced I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. I was scared to death. I was scared to ride in a car because I had known people who had wrecked, and I thought, well, if we get in a wreck, I leave this world. I, I've known people who were scared to eat. They're afraid they're going to choke on something and die. I mean, you're in bad shape when you're afraid to eat. I don't know if I've ever been that, that afraid. Nothing you did, nothing I did, took away that fear. I remember laying in bed, Lord, I got to get saved. Scared to death. Scared to live. Scared to die. Until the night that I met the Prince of Peace. Until I got things right with him. And he saved me. Isaiah, would you describe him to us? As one coming. He's praiseworthy. He's worthy to be praised. Tell us about him, Isaiah. Well, I don't know if I can put it into words, but I'll try. His name should be called Wonderful. Oh, y'all need to help me right there. Wonderful. Isn't he wonderful this morning? His name shall be called Counselor. Oh, that's him. That's him. The mighty God. Oh yeah, we're talking about the same fellow. We're talking about the same Lord. The everlasting Father. Yep, that's Him. The Prince of Peace. Oh, I know who He was talking about. Lord, I love you this morning. If there's someone here today and they don't know Christ, I pray God that He was described in such a manner this morning that they come to know Him. They can have peace, they can have joy, they can have life. Lord, those of us who do, God, remind us, Lord, of how wonderful you are in that you loved us and saved us. In Christ's name, let's stand all over the building this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How many of you this morning would come thank the Lord for who he is? Maybe you'd take time this morning to praise him for what he's done in your life, in your family. In your home. They're coming all over the building. You come. 
bless his holy name as she sings this morning.